Welcome, listeners, to another episode of the Banquet Hall Podcast. My name is Kyler. As always, I'm your host. Uh, if this is your first time listening or if you're stubborn enough to still not have followed the podcast, please follow at Banquet Hall Pod on social platforms. Leave us a five-star rating. And y'all are in for a treat today. I'm joined by the one, the only, Taylor. Taylor, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for asking. Um, listeners, before we started recording, we done went through technical difficulties. We done talked about iPhones and green bubbles. We got in a lot of laughs that we probably should have saved for the podcast, but we still go make this podcast funny for you regardless. Um, Taylor, how's the weather out there where you are today? Hot. It's hot. It's, it's hot. hot here too. <laughs> but it's like that humid hot, you know, like muggy, like you guys take a shower when you get it. Yeah, not a fan. I don't, I don't know if you, not a fan. I don't know if you've been tapped into the West Coast news, but we preparing for a hurricane to hit and shit. Are you really? Yeah, you're lying. No, nah, you could Google it right now. It's, we preparing for a tro- at least a tropical storm, probably, but no, nah, hurricanes like just headed up to California for like the first time in like eighty plus years. Wow, they trying to take y'all out, <laughs> and I'm not having it because that's and my here- home too. Don't be exactly. And here I am recording a podcast with you instead of buying groceries or something like a responsible adult. It's fine. It's okay. <laughs> it's priorities. Um, but since you already alluded it, alluded to it, one of the first episodes, or one of the, I can't even speak English yet. <laughs> it's okay. We're going to get it together. Since you already alluded to it, one of the first questions I usually ask my guests is, where are you from and how did home shape who you've become and who you are becoming. So Taylor, where are you from? I don't know if you know this, Kyler, but I was born in Chicago. I didn't know, Did know that. Yeah, oh, okay. that. And then I moved to LA when I was two and I was pretty much raised in LA. I love LA. That's my home. That's the vibe. I love it. And I miss it so much. But um, how LA shapes who I am I feel like when people meet me like in Georgia or Virginia or whatever they're always like you're so chill like you're just so laid back you're so chill and my response is always it's because I'm from LA and that's just how it is so I feel like that's kind of how it shapes me um I don't know I love LA out of all the places that I've lived LA LA it's the greatest city on earth if you ask me yeah, it is. I would agree. I would agree. I just can't believe you didn't you didn't know that I knew you was from Chicago. Like you act like we just yeah, met a lot today. Of people don't know that. Like I feel like I just never tell people like, yeah, I'm from Chicago. I never say that. I always say I'm from LA. I was mm. born in Chicago. That little city. <laughs> that little city. That just means we're real friends though, because I actually remembered that you're from Chicago. So no, that's, for sure. That's a brownie point for me. I won't name names, but Ooh. Ooh, I'm, I, I might need to na- I might need the name after the podcast is over. That's <laughs> yeah. that's juicy. That's tea, right? <laughs> right, got my little teacup right here. Um, <laughs> but LA being your, one of your favorite cities that you've lived in, or the favorite place that you've lived in, what makes LA so special that it's your favorite? Like besides the chill vibes, I honestly feel like. Because I lived there so long, that's all that I kind of knew, like culturally and everything. And I feel like 
the the vibes in LA, I was able to take that to other states that I've lived in and like adapt to all kinds of people. All kinds of people. Um you be throwing so much like shit. <laughs> and I'm able to like I guess like get I'm able to like be around a lot of people and like vibe with them because a lot of times you don't really yeah so no I think that's that's so interesting because I feel like LA has taught me that too where you just you kind of got to figure out a way to just vibe with different groups of people because you're around so many different people from so many different places and you're not always gonna like people you're not always gonna vibe with people but you just you kind of we're like chameleons you just got to kind of vibe with what your environment is yeah for sure for sure and so you're one of, I can't think off the top of my head, you're one of either two or three people I've had on this podcast that I went to high school with. Do you remember when mm-hmm. we first crossed paths in high school? Do you remember our first conversation? I don't no. expect you to. No, I don't I expect don't. you to. I don't. Don't feel bad. I don't. I just know that we met in high school and we became really close and we went to prom and, high, and homecoming. And we were just besties. Yeah. But I don't remember how we first met. So I feel like our younger listeners might be confused by what I'm about to say here. But our first conversation, our first real conversation, obviously we like had mutual friends, but was on AIM. What? Yeah, it's wild. But I won't forget it because I remember like aiming you and we became quote unquote besties on aim, like the most surface level of besties. It was really just like talking about favorite colors and shit, but we were besties <laughs> via aim first. <laughs> How do you remember this? That's crazy. I just... <laughs> wow. Aim. Yeah, my- I have a memory of an elephant, but yeah, I remember AIM being like the way that we first got close. We went to high school, we were everything, but our main conversations were on A. That's hilarious. Do you remember your AIM name? We're not going to put that on the podcast. <laughs> Talk about it after. I remember, yeah, we, mine. I remember mine too, but that's <laughs> AIM names are some of the most embarrassing thing that you can ever tell somebody because we like 12, 13 years old coming up with some aim name that we think is so cool it got all the x's and underscores Uh, yeah we're gonna talk about that after that's that's gonna have to be an exclusive um wow but yes you are definitely one of my longest friends one of my closest friends uh definitely we go back 14 years now that's crazy that's wild that's crazy that is so wild like it, it feels weird to even feel like like there's people i've known longer than you too but it's like to know that i have a sustained friendship for like 14 years like we we get enough there we grandparents <sighs> that's crazy 14 years 14 years wow. and that brought us here today all the way yes. to a podcast who would have thought? I know. Um, but you mentioned you've lived in a couple of different areas, and you are the first person that I've had on this podcast, to my knowledge. Sorry if I got this wrong, but you're the first person to graduate from HBCU and go to HBCU. So you went to Hampton University for your undergrad. I did. Well, why don't you talk to our listeners about what that HBCU experience was like? 
undergrad was like the best time of my life. I love the vibe. I love the parties. I love the tailgates. I love the the parties. I say that. Yeah, it was yeah. great. And then I felt like what made it, I feel like you get that in every college, but what made it different was that everybody looked like me. And I felt like it was Black excellence just walking around. And I felt like I got culturally shaped because there are people from everywhere. Like I'm hearing music from like Jersey, DMV, the South. I've never heard this music a day in my life. So I felt like I was just like, became like a well-rounded person and got to experience different cultures and different people. So it was amazing. I loved it. I know you say that every college has that, but it, it's it's different when you ain't at HBCU. It's like different, obviously, yeah. Obviously, I didn't go to an HBCU, but man, I could sit on this podcast and just tell you a bunch of stuff where I feel like you going to HBCU just could never imagine like going to a party and it's just no music playing. People just got like cups mm-hmm. in the hand walking around. Then the black people show up to the party and like, oh, like, oh, show us that cool dance. Can you teach us how to Dougie? Like that type of shit. Like, nah, yeah. them, them, them parties ain't the same. <laughs> it's not the same. Yeah, I'll show you. I'll show you. Yeah, we had. Yeah. yeah, I know y'all didn't, and like yeah. we didn't even have no football team, so we wasn't going to no football games mm. really on campus. It's just there ain't nobody barbecuing. Like there's times where I'm like, damn, yeah. I really messed up not going to HBCU. Obviously, I had a good college experience, yeah, but for sure, yeah, I I just know your college experience is different. Like when yeah. we talk about UCSD, it's like. Yeah, I know every black person here roughly, but I feel like mm-hmm. at HBCU, like you, you have your community, but you're like you say, you're exposed yeah. to so many different types of black people. It's dope. Yes, yes, it's dope for sure. Because I feel like, you know, there's like when they think of like black people, we're thinking of like, you know, down here kind of. But I feel like when when I went to an HBCU, it was like just excellence, like coming out of like business majors finance majors like we're gonna have these people are gonna be doctors people are gonna be lawyers and it's great to see that develop um going to school with them and now they are doctors and lawyers and all these great things so it's cool and because we are such close friends i'm gonna give you the distinct honor of being able to claim hu on a podcast because it's your first hbcu person on the podcast so you get to answer the question, what is what is the real HU? The real HU is obviously Hampton University. Okay. Period. Argue with your mother. <laughs> I'm gonna get so <laughs> I'm gonna get so much shit for allowing you to say that, but um I had to because okay. you're the first CU grad. You you get that privilege. Uh, but I'm going to just let the listeners know if you went to any other school and have altering opinions, message <laughs> Taylor first, because she said it, not me. Uh, but in terms of kind of the collegiate experience, uh, you have mm-hmm. always been interested in like psychology, social work. Mm-hmm. What what led you to want to be involved in like social work or psychology? I know that social work was more of a later focus, but uh, mm-hmm. why don't we start with psychology? Okay, I'm gonna take a, I'm gonna take it like back, and I'm gonna bring it back together. 
Let's do it. So I've always been, I've always been interested, like when in middle school, how people, like with the brain, how people think, why they say the things they do, why they think the way that they do. And I feel like that stems from like, not necessarily like bullying with me, but like people saying things, why are you doing that? What is like the thought process that you're going through? Because I feel like for me, I was so reserved and so shy. And I always thought like, I would never do or say those things to other people. So why are you, why are they doing that kind of thing? So that sparked my interest, but I never knew that there was a name for it, like psychology, because I was like, what, seven? So fast forward, I had a class. I don't know if you remember Mr. Jenkins. Of I course. Him. I love him. Mm-hmm. I love him. Um, he was my first like exposure to like a psychology course. Love that class. And so that he's the reason really why I went into psychology. Um, and it's funny because when I declared my major, my major was journalism at first. Mm. Not the eye roll. <laughs> and I feel like I went into that because I thought that was like my parents' dream for me, like to mm. see their black daughter on this news show talking with her pearls and her straight hair. And I don't like talking. Like I don't, to be honest. Like I don't like talking in front of people. I don't, that's just not my vibe. So why am I going into a major where that's like all they do? So the first day of classes, I went to a journalism, an intro to journalism class, read the syllabus. Absolutely not. I went and changed my major the very first day of school. And I was like, I need to be a psychology major by the end of the week. And I was. And I loved it. Um, I love the study of like thoughts, feelings, and behaviors and how it's all connected. I just, I loved it. And so how I got into social work was we had a a junior seminar class and majority of the focus of that class was like the different careers you could go into when you do psychology, when you get your degree in psychology. Um, And at first I was interested in psychiatry but not enough to go to med school. So that was out. Then I was introduced to social work in that class. And it was such a broad, like, area of focus that I was like, I can go into this and then kind of figure out where I want to take it. Because I could do anything with social work. Um, And to piggyback off of that sidebar, people think that social work is like taking people's kids. And Mm -hmm. that's it. And so I just want to clear that up. Like, that's not it. I have people literally come up to me like, oh, what do you do? I'm a social worker. And they're like, oh, kudos to you. How do you feel about taking people's kids away? I'm like, I don't do that. <laughs> I don't do that. Like, you, that is an area of focus, defects, of course, but that's not what I do. Um, you could go into the hospital. You could be in the school. You could be um the law firm you could own your own private practice you could get your license there's so many things that you can do with social work um so that's kind of why how I went into that area because I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I graduated Mm -hmm. so I just felt like getting my master's or my MSW would allow me time to figure it out so that's what I did yeah thanks for walking us through that 
And it's interesting that journalism was where you started and you not liking to talk to people. And now here you are on a podcast. So you can show you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you can show your family this. Yeah, show them you you did exactly what they wanted you to do. Like, you're on a podcast, you're talking in front of people. Yes, yes. With my braids on my head. Exactly. Right, without the straight hair. Uh, (laughs) Not that, no shade to anybody with straight hair, though. That came out wrong, but I think that just... Right, no. Being able to affirm, like, Black hairstyles and media, I think, is very important, too. Um, and the psychology piece, I think I knew you were going to shout out Mr. Jenkins, which is why I wanted you to walk through that full story, like rest in peace, Mr. Jenkins. I didn't have the option to take that psychology class, but I did end up studying cognitive science in undergrad. So definitely on that same wave, like the just like, why, why y'all be thinking like that? Like, I think that's the core question that people just be wanting to know. It's like, what's, what's the thought process behind what you're saying? What is going on? What is going on in that noggin? That's what I like to know. And I've always been so observant too. Mm-hmm. There's something going on there. <laughs> yeah. Even the look on your face when you said that, like you had that look like, no, nah, I peeped something. Like that's that's just what psychology is. You peeping what people be on. Like that's what it is. Yes. Can't fool me. <laughs> <laughs> Take that as a challenge. Um, but you mentioned getting your MSW. And so after mm-hmm. Hampton, you decided to move to a part of Georgia that honestly, I didn't even know existed. Like I knew UGA existed, uh, but I had no idea like what I just thought, I, I don't know, everything in Georgia I thought was in Atlanta before visiting. So what was that like doing grad school in Athens at UGA? Tyler. I thought the same thing. I thought the same thing. And the only reason why I applied to a school in Georgia is because I have family here in Atlanta. And so I thought <laughs> that the school was in Atlanta. I don't know why I don't know why I just thought like when you think of Georgia, you think of Atlanta. I didn't know any other city. And so when I came for orientation, my parents brought me and we were all like, where the hell are we? Where are we? What is this? We're driving down these like one road streets, no street lights. Deers are coming out. It was craziness, craziness. So, but I had already like accepted. So I was right. already here. So I guess I'll, I guess I'll do it. Um, but my experience in Athens, um, I would say talking about like grad school as a whole. I honestly, to full transparency, I was depressed. I was depressed. I was sad. Um, I had a hard time um, being in grad school. And I feel like nobody really taught, teaches you how to transition from graduating to like post-graduation. Yeah. Um, so that transition was very hard for me. And even though I was still in school, it was, it's a different kind of school. Like, this is like professional. People have kids and families and they're married adults. and they're like way older. They're real adults with real bills. And like, I'm just here, like my parents, I'm still on my parents' cell phone plan. <laughs> and so that was a hard transition for me. And I felt like I did have like my people or a village around me because I'm in school so far away and Atlanta is an hour away. 
Um, and my aunt at the time, she lived two hours away from me. So it was really hard to connect with my family. Um, yeah, I was bad. I was sad. I was sad to the point where like my friend, my, my best friend actually had to fly in and like, I have to see how you're doing. I was like, yeah. So it was hard, but how I got through it was I traveled a lot. I traveled a lot. I just had to get out of like that environment and that space. And that's not to say that I didn't meet great people there. And I didn't have like good moments because there are three people who got me through grad school while I was there. Um, but it was hard. I was homesick a lot. And I felt like, you know, all my friends graduated from Hampton and now they're back with their families and their friends. And I'm just here all to my lonesome. Again, you came to Athens, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I appreciate that transparency just because, yeah, I think grad school in itself is already tough and it's hard to get through. Then you throw in like yes. that feeling of imposter syndrome, you throw in being alone and isolated from people in a brand new place. And yeah, you mentioned I went to Athens because I had a college fair to go to when I was working in admissions. And I remember I was like, oh yeah, I'm driving to Athens. And then I like put the GPS and I was like, wait, where? where am I going? And I started driving. I'm like, dang, like it, it ain't nothing between Atlanta and Athens. And I was just like, mm, let me fill up my gas tank right now. Get to Athens. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, what type of country ass shit am I in? And then I remember uh, when I was driving back, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna let you know when I get back to Atlanta, because it's dark. <laughs> it's like 8pm. I'm like, I'm gonna just I have enough gas to get me to Buckhead. That's all I cared about. <laughs> yes. Amen. No Man. Man, and time flies, because if I'm not mistaken, that's probably the last no, I saw you one more time since then, but it's been some time. This is the first time. It's weird, not weird, but when we started this podcast, I feel like the first time I've talked to you in like years in general. I know, right? Yeah, like heard your voice. Yeah, like, like text I, and stuff, but yeah, yeah, and same old goofy ass. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Crown Ellen Bay Area, a proud sponsor of the Banquet Hall Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm screaming. No, the last time we saw each other was in 2019. Yep. Before the world ended. Yep. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but yeah. here we are, 2023. Uh, but I want to transition a little bit to talk mm -hmm. about another aspect of your life. Uh, mm -hmm. You, uh, 17 months ago, you became a mom. Yay. I don't know if you knew that or not, but you did I can't forget it <laughs> I bet you can't uh before we get into the details of it though uh testing your memory one more time do you remember how I found out that she was becoming a mom do you remember what that conversation was like did I text you so here's the thing we were texting about all the people from bishop and from high school it's like man everybody getting pregnant i was like i know right and i was like don't you go ahead don't you get pregnant anytime soon and then it was like too late i was like oh shit i think i was one of the first person people that you told yeah i think you i think you were because i wasn't telling people until i got out of my first trimester that's hilarious <laughs> it was funny that really sounds like something yeah. i was saying 
too late. <laughs> yeah, I was like, which I was like, too late. Which I was like, oh, like, gotcha. <laughs> I'm one of them. <laughs> right, I'm talking about you. I'm, I'm over here. Right, I'm over here. Like, dang, can you believe everybody getting pregnant from Bishop? And you're like, yep, I can. Yep, sure can. I'm one of them. <laughs> But I uh, wanted you to talk a little bit about like, what was that experience like becoming a mom for the first time and giving birth to baby Carter, who I will say like Carter is one of the cutest babies I've ever seen in my life. So oh, thank <laughs> you. I think he is too. <laughs> um, but my journey to becoming a mom was amazing. I, um, it wasn't planned. It was just what I, some people plan. It wasn't planned, but I feel like it was a blessing in disguise. I feel like God chose me to be this little baby's mom forever. And it was great. I had a great pregnancy. I didn't have any complications. Um, thankfully, uh, he's healthy. He was small, but I wasn't worried about that. The doctors was worried, but I wasn't like, he's going to be fine. Like, I'm a, not a big person. So it just kind of like, I'm not gonna be carrying around this nine pound baby because I'm small. Anywho, then, but I will say after my pregnancy, delivery, all of that, great, beautiful. After I went through postpartum so bad, like it was like a, a switch. Like I felt like I had this great, like, pregnancy and these beautiful pictures and a great delivery story and then like it just switched like and I think it's I don't know if I could go back in time I think it started when the doctors were like oh you're about to get discharged mm-hmm. what do you mean I'm about to go home with a baby by myself we're about to go <laughs> with this baby by myself so that was challenging but over time I just had a hard time just like getting back to myself, you know, like who I was. I just felt like I just didn't look like myself. I didn't feel like myself. I had a hard time um, breastfeeding. It was just, everything was just a lot. Um, And I didn't know how to cope with it. And so the after, like the postpartum journey was a little stressful, but other than that, I feel like I've gotten out of it now, but it was a journey for sure. It's really good to hear that you feel like you're, that's something that you're transitioning out of. And I feel like that's one of the things that I really appreciate seeing about following you on social media. I feel like you've shared a lot about what that journey has been like for you and like being very transparent. And I feel like that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast, because I feel like, especially when we talk about like black moms and black motherhood, like there's not mm-hmm. a lot of conversation about the mental health aspect of it. And of course, right. as someone with a background in psychology and social work, you understand how important that is. But I feel like we just need to amplify some of those conversations more and normalize it because this is something that moms go through. Um, I had another friend of mine, Devin, on the podcast earlier, and she was talking about uh, going through miscarriages and how that's another taboo topic that uh, people deal with. So just really wanted to be able to 
give more black moms a platform to just talk about like that real experience and uh, just what that has looked like for you. So definitely uh, really happy to hear that that's something you're transitioning out of. I want to talk a little bit before we get into kind of the self-care aspect of that postpartum. Mm -hmm. Um, You mentioned the doctors and your conversation with the doctors about them being concerned Mm -hmm. with Carter being a smaller uh, baby. And one of the things I talked to Devin about is just the relationship between Black women giving birth and doctors and just mm-hmm. what that experience is like. So what was your experience like in general dealing with doctors during yeah. your pregnancy? Challenging, I would say. Um, I'll tell you a story. So I was maybe 32, 33 weeks in measuring like 28. So small, right? Um, To the point where they wanted to deliver him early. Um, And I pushed them. I had a doula as well. And I don't know if anybody knows what a doula is, but they're kind of like a support for moms going through birth and postpartum. Um, So I had a doula. And then I also had uh, my boyfriend who's in the medical field too. So he kind of knows a little bit of the terminology. Um, So I pushed them until... 38 weeks um I decided to get induced and that was a personal decision for me I could have just said no but I just Mm -hmm. said you know let's just do it I have these people rallying around me who are going to advocate for me which they did um during my um delivery it was an issue with his heart rate going down every time I pushed So they wanted to push for a C-section. And that was one of the things that I was very much so against, only because I had a very healthy pregnancy. There was nothing wrong with me. There was nothing wrong with him. I was induced, so I was forced into labor. So that's why we're having this issue, because he's not ready to just come on out. So we need to chill it on out. And so my doula was the one who kind of was like, we're not doing that. She doesn't want to do that. What other options do you have? So they revamped it and I was able to, you know, deliver vaginally. Um, so I do hear and see that there is a difference between black mothers and the, the infant mortality rate and the, the black mother mortality rate is crazy. Um, so I was really big on having a support system, having a doula for sure. Um, somebody who can advocate for me because you're so drugged up too that you can't really think or you don't really know what's going on. You just want the baby out of you. Um, so it was nice to have people have a voice of reason um, for sure. But, and then it, especially cause I'm, I delivered in, in Dallas, Georgia, you know? So, you know, that's even a, a nobody even knows that there's a Dallas, Georgia. Like people- I, I didn't until you moved there. <laughs> and so there's not obviously a lot of black people um so yeah you just you pick i hope i answered the question yeah you did you did okay (laughs) but i was just thinking of you then lived in athens georgia dallas georgia every place except for atlanta where (laughs) the black people at Just do me a favor and try not to move too far south, more south than you are now. I'm done. This is it. I'm not going any more south. I have to go up or to the west. Okay, that's that's it. That part. No more south. 
<laughs> Definitely not Alabama. Um, but I want you to talk a little bit about self-care because obviously mm-hmm. going through postpartum depression and you needed some type of support system along the way. Mm-hmm. What was that support system like mm-hmm. for you? Or what would you like have liked it to have been like? So my support system, I had a therapist. Um I still have a therapist. I've been going to therapy forever, but um, I had a therapist who got me through that. Um, like the, I guess the therapy part of it. And then emotionally, I had two friends, one Lexi, one, um, and then her best friend is Bentu. And Lexi had already had a son. So she had already kind of known what mommyhood was. And then Bentu, we were pregnant at the same time. I was kind of towards the end of my pregnancy when she found out she was pregnant. And we formed this um, group chat and we named it Mommy Gay. And they were my saving grace. I felt like I could call them and cry and scream and just vent out how I was feeling. Um, And they got it. They understood you know, versus like, you know, my boyfriend definitely was my support system as well, more so like physically, like I see that you're stressed. Let me take on this responsibility. Let me take on whatever. But I just don't feel like he understood emotionally, you know, how I was feeling and what I was going through. I was having panic attacks. It was like crazy. It was bad. Um, So I would say my friends and my therapist were my support system. For sure. Absolutely. Shout oh, out to Yeah, of course. <laughs> shout out to moms. Uh, shout out to Mommy Gang. And Mommy Gang was the other thing I wanted to make sure that folks had an opportunity to learn about because uh, Mommy Gang is more than just a group chat, obviously. Talk yeah. to our listeners a little bit about Mommy Gang and what Mommy Gang has grown to be and where Mommy Gang is headed. So Mommy Gang is actually my cousin's brand, Lexi. So, but I obviously rep it. <laughs> um, um, so Mommy Gang started in 2019, I think. But she started the brand. Um, she also had a group chat with two of her friends who were pregnant at the same time, kind of the same story. Um, they shared their journey. And she felt like um, Mommy Gang was born in a group chat, like you said. And God had a bigger calling for this brand. And so she created this brand of clothing, um, like loungewear. And the the slogan is kind of like moms who support moms. Because a lot of times you see on social media, they either glamorize mommyhood to the point where it's like not believable. Or it's a lot of mom shaming, like... Mm why are you doing that versus why are you doing this instead of this or kind of like mom shaming how people decide to parent their kids um so she created this brand um for like a community and I love I love this brand so much I feel like I wear it all the time people think that it's mine um and I mean it is co-owner maybe one day speaking into existence (laughs) speaking into existence for sure but no I love everything that it represents I love the community I feel like after I started posting my postpartum journey on social media I gained so many like 
mom friends online and we just formed this whole like community and I even have people who follow me who get the who buy her products because I post and I support on Twitter. so yeah and if somebody wanted to be a part of mommy gang or get some mommy gang merch where can they find mommy gang at at our mommy gang on Instagram all the all the platforms Y'all heard it here first. So I want everybody listening to podcasts, go ahead and hit up one of the moms in your life. Tell them about mommy gang, get you a shirt, get you a bag or something and support the cause. Um, I wanted to dig a little bit further into mommy shaming because I don't think that's something that I've heard called mommy shaming before, but obviously mm-hmm. it's something that exists. And um, I don't have this on a list of things to talk about, but it came to mind and you can totally not talk about if you want, but you went viral because of a video oh, I did. that she posted. Yes. Why don't you talk to our listeners a little bit about that video and kind of the fallout from that video? Yes. I posted what I thought was this cute little video to my 2,000 followers that I had. Um, and it was a video saying, I think the sound was, I haven't behaved one day in my life or something. And so the clips in the video were Carter like doing crazy stuff, like falling out the car seat, um, throwing diapers everywhere, standing on things he shouldn't be standing on, knocking down pictures, crazy. Um, and he was only eight months at the time. So I was like, he's doing all it is at eight months. He's literally not behaving a single day in his life. <laughs> I put the video together and I posted it. And I think maybe two weeks, I think two weeks later, it just went everywhere. It got like 3 million views, 90,000 comments. I'm like, <laughs> it was crazy. And so I'm, you know, reading the comments and I'm like, what are people saying? A lot of people are like, oh, this is hilarious. Like, where did you get the little head pillow that protected his head? Cause he fell a lot. Um, and I was like, okay, like, cool. Like, I'm a little content creator, this is cool. And then there were some comments that were just like, oh, this is just so dangerous. Why are you having your kid do that? Um, your kid is just not behaving. I'm like, that's the point of the video, but whatever. Um, just like crazy, like out, out of the wall, like things that people were saying who don't know me at all, like just saw the video on their For You page and just decided to take the time out and comment something. And I really ate that up at a time too. I really did. I even think I posted on my close friends about it. Mm-hmm. Um how I felt and it just brought to light this whole mom shaming thing. And it's more than just an Instagram post. It's like people are posting um that they can't breastfeed. And people are like, well why why aren't you trying hard enough? Or formula is just so bad and formula is this, but it's like some people just they don't have a choice. And so I just kind of felt like, and I think that's why I started posting more and more about my journey. Like, let's normalize what moms want to do. You do what you want with your kids and let the people with other kids do what they want to do with their kids. And then a lot of the times in the comments, it'd be people who aren't even moms, who aren't even parents. Like, they're like cat moms or something. Like, it's not the same. (laughs) I'm serious. No, I'm serious. Stand on that because I see people. So I like my my dog baby is the same thing as a real baby. I'm like, no, it ain't. No, it's not. It's not. 
it's not. I love the dog moms and the cat moms or whatever. And they are like, you know, similar. You know what I'm saying? It is not the same. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not. Um, but before we get out of mommy corner, uh, one final mm-hmm. question about you as a mom. What has Carter taught you about yourself? <laughs> um, Carter taught me at first that I am not, I'm going to be transparent all around here. I'm not patient. I'm not a patient person. And that's what he taught me. One of the things he taught me. I'm not patient. And I have to learn very quickly because it's difficult navigating a baby, a person who can't talk and they're crying and you're trying to figure out why they're crying. That was frustrating for me. And I feel like now we're in this stage where he's learning words, but like we still don't, like he still doesn't understand what I'm saying. I still don't understand what he's saying. So I'm working on like being more patient, repeating things over and over, um, saying no over and over, just like being more patient. So he definitely taught me to be more patient. Um, And I think the other thing is, I feel like Carter taught me like what true love is. I feel like I have never loved another human as much as I love this baby. Like I'm obsessed, like for sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was so heartwarming. We're about to get some tears out of our eyes with some of the listeners. But no, I say that facetiously, but also seriously, like that's beautiful. And I think as someone who has been like a best friend to you, just so happy to see you blossom into motherhood and be able to be a leader as a mom too. I think that you could definitely be going through all this by yourself and never sharing anything about how this feels or how this journey has been for you. But for you to take the time to be transparent on your social media, on this podcast, like kudos to you, because obviously I'm not a mom, never been a mom, never will be a mom, but I know (laughs) that motherhood is hard. And so just want to give flowers to you while we have you on this podcast. Thanks. Of course. Um, Transitioning into kind of the tail end of the podcast, what are some words of advice that you have for either current moms or future moms? Um, give yourself grace. I feel like that's a big one. Like, I feel like I had a lot of, this might be a new word too, but I feel like I had a lot of mom guilt, which led to a lot of my like, you know, postpartum depression, anxiety symptoms. Um, think that I'm not a good mom. I'm not doing the best I can. I'm having a hard time breastfeeding. So that's like horrible. And I just needed to give myself a little grace. Give yourself like some positive affirmations some positive self-talk because you can only imagine how you, the switch of your thoughts can change your entire mood and your entire outlook on a situation. So if I'm saying, oh, I can't breastfeed, I'm a bad mom instead of saying like, my baby is going to be fed, I can get formula, I'm doing the best that I can, that switches your entire like outlook and into something positive. And you can still feel that emotion, but kind of not so much seep into it, you know? So I think that would be my biggest advice. Give yourself grace and form a mommy gang. 
find people, find a village because it takes a village for sure. You don't have to go through this alone. Find um, a village and it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to delegate. You don't have to do everything by yourself because I know as our mom, as mom, think we could take on this, wear this superwoman cape and it's just, it's hard. And I give kudos to single moms. I think they are the greatest humans on the earth. Seriously. So that's my word of advice. Excellent advice. I know the moms listening to this podcast will really appreciate that. Um, who are some people who inspire you or influence you? Um, my mom. But she's been through a lot. And she is so strong. She still has that same loud laugh. Um, and she's just been through a lot. And to see her strength as a woman is in. in Inspiring. <laughs> Can't talk to that. Um, and then my friends. My friends inspire me for sure. Carter inspires me. Um, and my boyfriend inspires me. Awesome. And shout shout out to your mom. I know she's definitely gonna listen to this. So I just want to make sure that yeah. we give her a quick shout out. Definitely a very friendly face. Hey girl. <laughs> Not the hey girl. Um where can people find you and how can they support you? Um, I'm on, I'm really just on Instagram. I'm at yes, I'm Taylor. Um, I just scroll through TikTok, so I don't even post. So um, yeah, at yes, I'm Taylor. And then how can people support me? Um, follow me, reach out to me. Um, I love having conversations with like people about the content that I post and stuff so we can have a discussion that's the goal of the podcast continue discussion so uh, make sure y'all tap in with taylor hit her up engage with the content uh no mom shaming or mom guilting in in her comments though or mm -hmm. else we all gonna come for you <laughs> period uh anything you want to shamelessly plug or any manifestations you want to manifest on the podcast hmm I'm working on um, getting my clinical social work license. So I want to manifest that to be completed by the end of next year. I'll be officially a licensed clinical social worker. Hopefully. LCSW, we speaking into existence. Yes, we are, for sure. That's easy money for and you, though, money. honestly. <laughs> hey, more, more money. money. Say that. I want more. Yes. <laughs> manifest a little bit of that for me too shit um but no i think that honestly like social work psychology i feel like that's all part of who you are like you obviously care about people like i think the license is just kind of a little little checkbox for you that's that's gonna happen we can still manifest it but you know that's that's already written in stone for you and then uh kind of the last series of questions for you what are some takeaways from this episode for yourself and then also for our listeners for myself, okay, going back to when I was giving my advice, I need that. Like, I felt like I was talking to other people, but like, I need to hear that too. Cause I feel like I still kind of get stuck in my head a lot. Um, so like, just give 
give yourself grace. And I have a hard time asking for help. So like doing that. And um, takeaway for the listeners, I would say it's okay to step out of your comfort zone because this is so out of my realm of things. And I had a blast. So take the leap. Go do it. <laughs> Hey, I appreciate that. Um, I'm happy that you've had a blast on this podcast. I've had a blast too. Uh, I think that that stubbornness in you, that's definitely the Taurus in you. For the listeners that don't sure. know, uh, Taylor and I are both Tauruses. Her birthday is a day right after mine. And so that stubbornness is just part of our blood. <laughs> Can't shake it, but trying to be better. Can't shake it at all. And then uh, one last uh, question for me that I didn't prep you for 10 years from now, or maybe even longer from now, Carter goes on YouTube, listens to this podcast. Here's his mom talk about this mommy journey. What is your message to young Carter? Um, you are great. You can be anything in this world. And I support you with whatever your endeavor is. Um, I hope you go to an HBCU. And I love you. I'm obsessed. <laughs> as you should be. As you should be. Uh, any final shout outs or any final words from you, Taylor? Any shout out. I shout out my mom already, so I guess that's okay. That's the only one. Hey, mommy gang. Um, <laughs> but Taylor, thank you so much for being a guest on the banquet hall. Uh, like I said, I had a blast chopping it up with you, catching up. Listeners, as I promised at the beginning of the episode, y'all's gonna have some laughs. Uh, y'all got five star content, so make sure you leave that five star rating. Uh, new listeners, make sure y'all tap in with the podcast on social media at Banquet Hall Pod. Uh, make sure y'all tap in with Mommy Gang, support Mommy Gang. And yeah, we'll catch y'all next episode. Thank you so much, Taylor. Thank you, listeners. And we'll catch y'all on the flip side. Bye.